Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey guys, I'm Kaylee Shore, and this is Too Much to Say. If you have listened to any of my music or had a conversation with me or even just skimmed my Twitter feed, you know that I'm a fuck up. And you know what? I'm not ashamed of that. I think that I just figured out that I'm going to be a hard way lesson learner and I've learned pretty much every lesson you can learn the hard way. And now I'm kind of ready to just be like a, you know, read an advice column and not even have to do it kind of learner, but I was a hard way learner for a long time. I think every single one of us hurts people we love, whether it's intentionally or on purpose. There's arguably justifiable reasons to do it. There's absolutely insane reasons to do it. There's ways to do it that are just fully projecting. You're not even mad at them. You just do it because they're nearby. And anybody who tells you that they haven't is um, kind of a dumbass and really needs to uh, take a deep look inside and probably talk to their therapist because we've all done it. We've literally all done it. We've all been the reason why a fight started. We've all been the reason why somebody else cried. But this episode is not about the times I've hurt somebody. It's actually been about the few times, not like few times, but like it's about the times that I have been on the other side of the situation where you're the, also I hate using this word, but you're the victim. Being the person who didn't fuck up is, is weird. It's not, it's not as great as it sounds, you know, like I have to be completely honest. Like when you are the fuck up, you kind of like, if you are able to acknowledge what you did and apologize, like a weight lifts off your shoulders. But if you're the person who has to deal with it, you kind of take that weight until you can somehow figure out how to like let it go. But people don't let go of things overnight. I mean, things sit and they marinate and you just keep thinking of more reasons to be upset that this person hurt you and it sucks. 
And I've been in situations like that before. And I just feel so out of control. Like, I don't know what it is mentally, but like if I fucked up my own life, not even like hurting somebody, but like if I made a bad choice and I hurt myself, I can be like, well, yeah, but I felt like in control of my bad decision. I didn't feel like things were spinning out of control. And so I wound up hurt with scraped knees and I'm like, well, all right, get over it. But when somebody else does it, you, you have zero control. And I have this fucking yoga thing hanging up in my house and it says like, situations are only as powerful as you let them be. And yeah, that's true. I mean, maybe one day when I reach enlightenment somewhere in Tibet at a yoga class, like doing headstand pose, maybe one day that'll ring true. But right now I'm a 26 year old girl who's just trying to figure it the fuck out. So, uh, sometimes I don't have control over my emotions. And y'all, when I get upset, like it's so weird. I hate being angry. And so when I am angry, I don't know what to do with it. I've always found anger to be a really unattractive trait. Like when I've been dating somebody and I've seen what they look like when they're just like absolutely livid, I've had a hard time unseeing that side of them. Even if like they weren't like, they weren't like being like violent or abusive or anything like that. But you just see somebody when they're in like full rage mode. And I'm just like, oh, I hate that. And it takes so much for me to get there. I mean, I can probably count on one hand how many times I've been that angry. And actually, I can tell you they were all justifiable because it just takes so much for me to get there. But so when I when I'm angry, I just kind of like internalize it and I make myself sick. Like, I don't mean like I make myself throw up. Like, I mean, like I just think about it until my stomach hurts. And then I just lay in bed with my arms at my side, staring straight ahead and my heart beats really, really fast. And I'm just like getting in a mental argument with someone who doesn't even know we're fighting. And I just lay there. And it's so weird. Like that's how my anxiety manifests when I have that. It's just like my stomach hurts and I can't get out of bed. And I just feel out of control. Like I can't take any actions. You know, I can't call somebody up and apologize and own up to my mistakes and just say, hey, I did something wrong. I hope you can forgive me. Lift it off my shoulders. And obviously you're still going to be upset, you know, waiting for that person to forgive you or to let it go. But when you didn't ask for it, you're just laying there just like, oh, just vibrating with like anxious energy. So I literally, I just fucking hate that so much. And when you're on the other side of things, you're in control somehow. You get to be in control. Like if you're the one doing the breakup, you're in control. And that other person might do something crazy. But for the most part, like you, you have the, you're holding the wheel. Now, when it comes to trusting people and having people you love and trust break that trust, it's so much less a little lie. It's what a lie stands for. And I think when someone lies to you, it shows you what they're capable of and it makes you question everything they told you before. That's what broken trust is. It's not being like, wow, you lied to me about this one thing because the thing they lied to you about could be small, but if it just felt so easy for them to lie to you, you're like, Jesus Christ, what else have you said to me that I didn't see? Like, you know, I found this one out, but what else is there that you didn't tell the truth about? And the problem with people who lie is they're so good at doing to to themselves too. So like calling somebody out when they lie to you, you're going to get 
a really bad coping mechanism. That is my personal least favorite that people do. I'm guilty of it as well, but it is my least favorite human coping mechanism. I'm sure there's some fancy psychological term for this, but I don't know what it's called. I don't feel like looking it up and I'm just going to describe it. I think y'all will know exactly what I'm talking about, but it's like when somebody does something wrong and they just dig their heels in and they just full protection guard up mode. They know they did something wrong, but they convince themselves they didn't. And by the time they're so worked up that they're just like lashing out at you, they've fully convinced themselves that they didn't do anything wrong. And it's just weird that like our brains allow us to do that. And it's so frustrating when somebody does that to you because it's a form of gaslighting. And I feel like for me, after my ex cheated on me, he told me, this is where I'm pulling a lot of this from. Like this was the biggest time this ever happened to me. But he told me when I got home, I was on the road and he sat me down and was like, hey, I need to tell you something. And he told me, and like, I think he had a, a apology, like a sorry somewhere in there, but he told me, and he had this weight lifted off his shoulders and he didn't have to feel guilt anymore because after doing the wrong thing, he did the right thing. And I like froze and I should, I, like, that's one of the times, like, I probably should have gone into rage mode, not like should have, like, ethically, but like, I should have just based on, like, the gravity of what had just happened. But you want to know what I did instead? <laughs> I'm a big pacer when I get angry as well. And so I walked around my kitchen island for, like, had to be 45 minutes minimum. I was just walking around my like arguably really small kitchen island just in circles like a crazy person. And every once in a while I would be like, oh, well, did you do this? Did you take her home? Like, you know, stuff like that. And I would just like interject and, and have a thought and then just keep thinking of things to be angry about. But most of the time I was just head down, like pacing very angrily around my kitchen island. And I don't think he knew what to do with that. I think he expected me to be angry and I think he probably would have understood that more because anger is a pretty straightforward emotion. It's very reptile brain, I think amygdala, like it's just like your your very like primal, primal instinct is anger. So I think he was expecting that and when he didn't get it, he didn't know what to do. And I'm a big person where I need to take a step back and take some time to process things. I hate the notion of saying something I'll regret. So when I do get angry, whether it's relationships or friendships or anything, I'm like, okay, I need to go take some space. And that could even just be 10 minutes in my bedroom. But when I'm angry, I like take the 20 things that I want to say to that person and I distill them down to like the three that actually matter. And sometimes I'll do this in my head. Sometimes I'll do this in my journal. But so with him, given that it was such a big situation and it had been six years, I was like, hey, I need a second. I don't want to say anything right now. I just want to tell you I'm hurt and I'm going to need a second. Like I didn't want to make any decisions. I didn't want to be like, this is what it's going to be like because you shouldn't make big life decisions in moments like that. So I went to therapy the next day and thankfully already had that scheduled. Like literally, thank God, I don't know what I would have done. And I talked it through my therapist and she was like, the best thing you can do is like take a week take seven days to think about what you want to do. Don't break up with him right now. Don't tell him you'll stay with him right now. Take seven days to fully consider what your life would look like without him. Whether you're making a plan or you really think you're going to stay with him, just 
think about it. And then she told me about this quote that said, in order for this house to be rebuilt, it must first be completely destroyed, which means like full starting over, building the relationship again, building trust, all of that. So I knew it wasn't going to be a short journey to us getting, you know, back to where we were, which was like, honestly, like a pretty happy relationship for a while. And that's also weird to look back and like nothing is all good or all bad. And there were a lot of good moments there too. So it was, there was a lot of stuff that made me want to hold on. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. And I really thought that I was going to stay with him. I just wanted to consider it because like I'm getting to the age where I was like, if we stay together, this is the person I'm going to marry and have children with. And I want to either stop it now or stay with him forever. Like those are my choices. It wasn't going to be like, oh, we'll just wait it out for another year. Like I wasn't going to be with someone for seven years. Like again, just be like, no, never mind. I'm going to break up with you. Like I was like, this is my opportunity. I'm going to do it. So it's just like taking time, doing what my fucking professional therapist told me to do. And he lost his shit. And he knew he had fucked up. He knew exactly what he'd done wrong. And at first it was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I just want to like be with you. I love you so much. And then as soon as I told him that honestly, I was setting a boundary and I needed seven days to think about it. He lost his mind and it became well, you know, maybe this is what I had to do to get your attention because you never get jealous. And I was like, oh God, okay, I'm sorry. That's a bad trait. And it was just like, I did this because you did this. And you remember that time that you threw my phone across the room when we were 18? I'm like, uh, no, 
I think I drank three quarters of a bottle of Jim Beam Spiced and got really mad because you cheated on me then too. And you know, throwing phones is not smart, but I'm like, it's been six years and you're bringing that up to justify you cheating on me. And so he just dug his heels in and then it ended up just coming to a head at my then best friend's birthday party. We literally like, he tried to, he tried to have the conversation when he was drunk and I was totally sober at my former friend's birthday party. And it was in front of like literally everyone we knew. Most people didn't know that we were in a fight. So he was like trying to kiss me and stuff. And I was like, I don't want your hands on me right now. Um, please don't kiss me and act like things are normal. And it was just like getting through that party. And in retrospect, I'm like, that was my best friend. He should have been uninvited. That, that make it easy on people. Don't make people go to parties with people they're currently fighting with. Like just, you know, but I was like her best friend. So I was like, I should probably be the person to go to the party. Right. I don't know. In retrospect, there's a lot of red flags there, but it all ended up sorting itself out anyways. So he just couldn't wait. And the crazy thing was I had set this therapy appointment, like in couples therapy for the next day on Monday. Cause I was like, okay, we're taking seven days. I'm going to like have this conversation with him in a therapy situation so we can like really do this the right way. Like I was trying so hard and I was fucking 23 years old, like, and he was 27 and I was being the adult in the situation. Like what the shit? And so he just dug his heels in and he just got angrier and angrier. And then it was like, you, this, you, that blah, 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 blah. And like he was wrong and he got wronger. And it was like, I think it's called projection, but it's a form of gaslighting because it's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And then it's like, why the fuck are you mad? I'm the one who has a reason to be mad. You did this in 2013. I'm like, uh, and it's just like literally one of the most hurtful things somebody can do to you because at first they're all soft and loving and and I'm so sorry. And then when they realize you're not going to forgive them immediately because, oh, I don't know, you need a fucking hot second. They lose their shit completely. And it's just, it's so hurtful. And back to broken trust, showing you what people are capable of, you know, like I never thought he could cheat on me to that extent. The first time he cheated on me was like a little bit of a gray area, but all I will say is he's a photographer and there were like nude photos on his laptop of a girl. He specifically told me he wasn't doing a nude shoot with. So, oh my God, in retrospect, I mean, I was 18. I got to give myself a break, but, um, I was like, Hey, um, don't do a nude shoot with this girl. Cause I know she's really into you and it's just going to be the two of you on set. And he was like, okay, I won't. And then he was showing me the pictures and he accidentally went forward too many on the keyboard when he was pressing the arrow button. And I was like, Oh, those are like straight up nipples. Those are, those are boobs. They weren't great boobs, but those are boobs. And I was like, it felt like that episode of The Office where Michael Scott is talking to Jan and he's like, you cheated on me after I specifically asked you not to? Like, it was literally just like that. I was like, dude, I told you not to do it. You can't even say, oh, it was an accident or oh, I didn't know you'd be mad. I'm like, bitch, I told you I was going to be mad. And guess what? I'm mad. And so, the you know, that was like kind of cheating. But this time after he like really cheated on me with someone I'd completely trusted him around, he showed me what he was capable of and it that felt impossible. And I think that believing in impossible things goes both ways. If you don't believe that you can win a Grammy and then you win a Grammy, 
you believe in impossible things. And you'll probably never go and go back to doubting yourself the way you did before the impossible of winning a Grammy happened. You know, you believe in fucking magic now. But the same thing that happens when somebody does something impossibly awful to you. So when your person who you thought was the love of your life cheats on you, you now believe in the impossible things and you will never again be able to trust the way you did before the impossible happened. So one is believing in magic and the second is not believing in somebody. I've had a little bit of a stressful week, which is why this podcast is about this. I literally couldn't think of anything else um, except the thing I'm going through. So this is supposed to be my diary. And I think that this episode has been more like a diary than any other episode because it's all happening in real time. I think I'm doing better, but I did have a stomach ache all week and I was just laying in bed with my, with my arms at my sides doing the thing I was talking about. But you know what? My cat came up and was so freaking cute and snuggly and I have an 18 pack of Gatorade in my fridge. I fucking love Gatorade. Side note, I do have to be honest, I don't know the last time I drank water and I didn't realize that Gatorade has carbs in it. So I have this one bottle right now and it's a 24 ounce bottle. There's 160 calories. Like that's like whatever. Okay, cool. Like, but not only are there 41 grams of sugar, but there's 43 carbs and that's 16% of your daily value. So literally 16% of the daily carbs that I need are in this drink that I'm drinking several of a day. And I don't know why, but I can't stop. I just love Gatorade so much. So please pray for me. I think my new year's resolution this year will probably be to just swap out the Gatorade for water, just like maybe every once in a while. It's also like water is free for the most part and Gatorade is not. And, um, sometimes I'll get drunk and in the middle of the night I'll wake up and I'll realize I have no Gatorade, but I know I'm going to want one when I wake up and I'll Amazon fresh a container of Gatorade to my doorstep around the time I think I'm going to wake up. So I wake up to the Amazon guy knocking on my door at like 10 30 AM with a giant thing of Gatorade and like, wow, drunk me takes really good care of myself. But like, really, I probably need to stop with the fucking Gatorade. This is not sponsored, but honestly, if I got sponsored by Gatorade, I'd be really, really excited and I'd probably stop caring about the carb content. Thank you guys so much for listening to me, bitch. I really appreciate it. This has been another episode of Too Much To Say. We have new episodes every Wednesday. I'm really excited because this week, December 4th, my album, Open Book, Unabridged, the deluxe version of the OG Open Book, comes out. There's four new songs. I'm so, so excited about them. I cannot believe this is happening. It's getting re-released on the label Teamwork Records. If you guys just got here to the podcast, I've, I have talked about this a lot. But I'm just really, really pumped. I'm so excited for you guys to hear the new songs. One of them is called Out of It. The other one is called 18. They're definitely two of the most personal and detailed songs I've ever written. And I can't wait for y'all to hear them. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. And I can't wait for next week's episode. So I'll see you next Wednesday. My name is Kaylee Shore, and this is Too Much To Say. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, 
fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, I <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.